0: Are endless, And there's so much to explore on Lake Erie. Knowledgeable and friendly fishing guides are eager to serve you. Whether you want to hire a charter, secure a seat on a headboat, fish from the shore, ice fish, or do a DIY trip on your own boat. All these options are at your disposal with a bit of planning and preparation. Find everything you need at PowderHook.com. That's PowderHook.com. We know what's biting and can help you enjoy a wonderful fishing experience on Lake Erie. Hey, is Captain Justin Leet with Chasing the Sun TV. Join me and Meredith for the best fish in action along the coast of Panama City Beach. Tune in to new episodes every Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.
1: River Rats, you are listening to the River Certified Podcast with Spencer Bauer and Ryan Tassler and an array of guests where we cover the fun, interesting, and sometimes rugged parts of spending life on or near the water. Well, that was a good one. <laughs> and we'll lead that in. Kit. What's up? Well, I, uh Kit caught more fish than me today, and I'm still kind of bitter <laughs> about it. <laughs> My excuse is that I'm a guide, and I'm here to put people on fish, and I'm rusty because I don't get to fish as much as I used to. I just watch people reeling fish, and today was just another day. But Kit had his trusty white lure, <laughs> and the, the lure changes all the time, but the color remains the same. Yes. Tell us the
2: mystery of the white lure. I don't know. I, white's just like, I don't know, it's natural, and it's bright, stands out. I feel like... There's know, only one thing in the water that's white. Shad. Yep. Yes. And I always say, whenever people ask me, like, Grandy over here, he'll ask me, what color are you doing? Like, take a guess. And then he'll guess white. When's like, the last time you used a lure that wasn't white? Um, I guess, like, off off shades of white. No, no, just not any shade of white whatsoever. What about yellow and white? No, no white on the lure, period. When's the last time? Maybe you want a crappie fish, the black spider. not not maybe. When <laughs> was the last time? It was a few weeks ago.
1: Oh, yeah. you made us. I was imagining like
2: years ago after all this delay, and you're like, oh yeah, it was 13 days ago. <laughs> but 90% of the time, it's white lures for me. And then I would
3: say the other like 5% he uses spoons. And then, like you said, crappies. which are shiny, shiny, which is like Same a
1: variation of white, and yeah. shad-like, silver, sometimes gold. There you go. I am sitting here with Kit and Grandy. They have the Beer Fish Fanatics, Fanatics, right? Yep, yep. Podcast, and I'll link their stuff in the description. So be sure to check it out. They have, they're more consistent than me. They put out <laughs> weekly podcasts. I only do every other week. Uh, I'd like to get to the point where I do every week, but I'm not there yet, but uh, Grandy was nice enough to point out and kind and said he admired my podcast setup, and I feel like the story of my podcast setup is quite wonderful. I uh, It's just a junky old like office desk that I attached all the microphones to and have everything set up on, but... Before that, it was an even junkier desk that I'd had since high school, so I decided it was time to really step up my game, my podcast game, so I scoured Facebook Marketplace and found a desk for sale for $10 that was perfect in my mind, and it was for sale at what I didn't realize at the time, but it was a church in, ooh, I can't say places, oops, (laughs) nearby 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 so it's in a town nearby and i'm like well if i'm gonna drive that far i might as well fish there so i have all my this was in the winter i have all my ice fishing stuff in the bed of my truck didn't realize how big this desk was i get there i get to the church they have what's the word for it mass is that just a catholic thing i think i think you're right I, I don't have no know. Idea. Like, I have no idea. So they had church going on. Church was going on. I walk into the door and they're singing. And it's loud, and I'm like looking around, and I don't see anybody. I mean, I saw a lot of people. I'm but... here for the table. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, geez. well, somebody walked out, and that's exactly what I said. I'm like, I'm here for the table, oh. and they said, Oh, you're okay. It's over there, and they pointed at it. And I walk around the corner and there's this big honking desk and it's just me. So I'm going to like drag it out. And to give you perspective, this desk is probably three feet wide by five feet, three by five feet. And then another three feet tall, two and a half, three feet tall. It's not the lightest thing in the world. It's not the heaviest thing in the world. So I'm thinking, well, I tried to pick it up and I could kind of pick it up and move it a little bit at a time, but. They were singing so loud. I'm like, I'll just drag this thing across the rug. And I was dragging it. As soon as it started, I started dragging it, they quit singing. And it was just like <laughs> on the ground.
2: Like, uh, don't mind me just yep. taking the table. Yeah.
1: Everybody turned around and looked at me. <laughs> and I just like have this shit-eating grit on my face like, yo, what's up? <laughs> and then they go back to uh, singing a new song. Mm -hmm. And this one lady walks down and says, do you need some help? And I said, I'd love some help. So they recruited a dude who helped me carry it to my truck. And then he's looking at me moving all my ice fishing stuff around, (laughs) just like trying to make room for this thing. Did you have this table when we were here last time?
3: Or he had the
2: other smaller table. I think it was the other
3: table. Yeah. Yeah, Because this. Yeah, as much... So, you know, we have our podcast. This is not even close. You have a professional setup. I'm so janky. Professional? I. They me, felt it. so bad for me. They're
1: like, keep your $10, just take it. Oh, wow. <laughs> Did they really? Yes. Oh, man. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> That's funny. All right, we were thinking about, like, stuff that we all can weigh in on, that we're all familiar with. I'm definitely... More of a cat fisherman than than anybody in the room. But I'm not more of a wiper fisherman than anyone in the room. And Kit makes me feel stupid with wipers on occasion. So, Kit, you like white lures. Yes. Is that the first trick to catching wipers?
2: Yes. So So if you throw white lures all the time. It doesn't matter what color you use as long as it's white. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) He's right, though.
3: Because every time when I fish with him
2: and we're, you know, wiper fishing. Yeah. That's the first thing he brings out. That's the first thing he uses and well it's because it's, it's what I already have tied on. Right. <laughs> so you're you're spending time changing lures and I'm casting. You're actually yeah, he's right. one thousand percent.
3: He's always casting. I'm like, what are you using? And then he's like, dude, same freaking thing I used last
2: time. All right. I'm gonna switch lures to another white lure, but maybe a little bit bigger, maybe a smaller profile. I would
1: I think size makes more of a difference than color. I think, I think they get tuned into a certain size of shad based on the time of year. And if you're too, like, I think there's a range, you know, if the, there could be a four to five inch range a certain times of year, there could be a two to three inch range a certain time of year, but you get very far out of it on either end and then you don't catch fish. Hmm. And there's probably a sweet spot, but I, I think size makes more of a difference in color personally.
2: Yeah, I noticed because, um, uh, what, early spring. I'll try to throw those 55 I'll throw flutes. the 5 and a half yeah, so early I'll, I'll, spring. Yeah, I'll start with those. Well, but. those
1: are the only shad that are left over. Mm. You know, the big dogs mm. that are left over from the winter. So, to me, it makes sense that they'd be chewing on big stuff. July, though. <clears throat> in July, I'll throw um, – I used to throw crappie jigs, like little marabou crappie jigs. And then the hooks would get straightened out all the time. And I, what I ended up doing is, uh, tying my own little bucktails, like 16th ounce bucktail jigs mm-hmm. and with beefier hooks. And that, that did the job just as good. And I didn't lose as many fish because of, of hooks bending out. And as the fish got, or as the shad grew up, as the summer progressed, I would just use bigger and bigger and bigger lures and catch, you know, try to match the hatch the best I could.
2: Mm. Yeah, I guess I never thought about that, but as as the spring progresses, I'm not throwing those big those big flukes as much. Right. Because uh, yeah, I guess it makes sense. They'll
1: still catch fish though. Yeah. Lots of times, that's what catches you your biggest fish. Mm-hmm.
2: Spoons. Spoons. He he
3: got me into using spoons for sure. Like during
2: the summer months, I think. Yeah. yeah when they're just freaking going balls to the wall, dude. On I Shad. I
1: think you can reel like. In the spring, you want to fish your lure as slow as possible. In the fall, you want to fish it as slow as possible. I think it hurts you in the summer. Yeah. I think you're better off reeling your stuff in as fast as you possibly can. Agreed. And a spoon is good for that. Inline spinners, that's my favorite. Yeah, I
2: always see you using the spinners. Yeah. I don't know what it
1: is. They just chew them up, man. Okay. If they ain't eating top, then I'll, you know, I'll fish top water as long as I can. And once they quit hitting top water, then I'm switching to an inline
2: spoons catch them too though yeah the yeah. worst part i hate about those spoons like even the castmasters. so it's not like an off brand the the hooks suck yeah yeah I but mean, they have a split ring it's not that yeah. big of a deal to take them off it's not but sometimes i'm lazy all right hot so. tip hot tip if you
1: want to catch more big fish fish that pull hard and you're throwing lures with a treble hook take the treble hooks off replace with a single hook Agreed. I ran into that this summer real bad, and I knew better, but I just opened the package, tied the lure on, and cast it out, and was like, ah, it would be fine. And I hooked three 5- to 10-pound hybrids. Wow. And every one of them came off. Did it bend the hook? Nope. They just came off. Those treble hooks don't hold fish as good. Hmm. You know, it doesn't matter if you're talking about wipers, largemouth. Largemouth, I can't believe I said <laughs> that. Uh, or whatever. Uh, uh, a a fish that gets big and f- pulls hard. If you have treble hooks, well, maybe that's why people use treble hooks for largemouth because they don't fight that hard. They don't fight that. This- <laughs> You're right though. I I'm mean, just they don't- talking trash yeah, to somebody. <laughs> I'm talking trash to somebody who can't even respond right now. If you want to talk trash back, shoot me an email, spencerrivercertified.com. I'd I'd love to uh, have at it with you, but. um yeah, for for big fish that fight hard, you take that treble hook off of lures like spoons and inline spinners and replace it with a single one. Mm. You will not like have as many fish get away, not even close as from pulling the hook. You know, yeah, they might break your line because they pull hard. You know,
2: probably not a largemouth, but <laughs> you know other stuff. <laughs> Do you feel like your hookup ratio changes when you change the hooks?
1: Nope, hmm. It's the same. You think so? The only fish the only time I've had issues hooking up on fish with a single hook is when they're small. And it's and if you want to know how I know they're small, because every once in a while you hook one and you'd be like, Wow, I can't believe you fit that in your mouth. <laughs> yeah.
3: No, that makes sense
1: though. Yep. What's we, your what's your uh, favorite lures for wipers? If well we'll take a step back and works we'll work smaller down. Uh if you could only fish one lure for hybrids. In hybrids and wipers, that's synonymous. If you can only fish one lure for those all year, or actually for the rest of your life, what's it going to be? I think it's going
2: to be a fluke.
1: That's it's what a, I was going to say. Yeah it's, yeah.
2: it's not a super aggressive bait, but... Oh, we were just talking about finesse because of our uh, little fishing trip earlier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's, a, there's a little finesse to fishing a fluke. There can be. Yeah, there can be. It just depends on whether there should be. And I think there's
1: certain times of year there should be and there's certain times a year where you need to be yeah. a little more aggressive
3: about it. What size do you normally use, Kit? Uh
2: the five inch, the big it's one. Super inches. fluke. I've had I've tried the uh, July. The fluke junior man. Yeah. The
1: three incher.
3: Yep. That's the one I like. And, I
1: like. Or your bucktail your bower tied sixteenth ounce bucktails <laughs> in July. Did you know they make a magnum
2: fluke? It's like seven inches.
1: Seven-inch fluke?
2: Yeah. Have you caught a fish on one? Only one, but the problem is... Was it a big dog, or was it just like... It was like a two-pounder. Like, impressive that he took it down the hatch. Yeah, because uh, the problem you run into is you need a long hook shank. Otherwise, you just got the hook point at the very tip. I oh, guess you could put on a... Uh, I got the medicine stinger. for that. Yeah?
1: Yeah, I got <laughs> I got a whole tackle box over there just full of long shanks jigs oh. and six to eight inch swim baits and stuff, but that was originally for flatheads.
3: Mm.
1: I suppose they would probably get the job done for the Magnum flukes. Yeah, they're kind of big and dumb, but... But my favorite fish are big and dumb. Yeah, <laughs> that
2: is true. <laughs> there
1: you go. How about you, Grandy? Lure? Yeah, if you could only fish one lure for hybrids
3: for the rest of your life. Um, honestly, I... Actually, have good luck using the um, what do you call those? The sliders, the three-inch sliders. Yeah, white and and, and that's the lure that catches
1: everything. There, there you go. Yeah, three-inch slider. It's like a little <laughs> three-inch swim bait, that's, white body. Yep, and chartreuse tail. There you go. Yeah, that'll catch anything that swims. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I struggle I'm, just to catch. I'm asking you for your expertise here. <laughs> And I feel like you're selling yourself a little bit short.
3: I think it's keep it simple. Kiss. It really is. And when you fish, I think sometimes. You forgot it, the last part. Yeah. Keep yeah. it simple. Stupid. K-I-S. Yeah. Yeah. Kiss. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, but, you know, I mean, in reality, I think sometimes um, we overthink it. And then I sometimes marketing, you know, fishing companies out there, they just try to throw a bunch of new stuff. But I think just like this guy just he uses one color. And he catches all the time. He catches more than anybody I've ever seen. Yeah. You know what I'm Definitely saying? Definitely tonight. Yeah, well, yeah. for sure. <laughs> but you know what I mean? I, th- I think sometimes stop overthinking it. Should I use this color? Should I use this color? Sometimes, you know, just go with what you're confident with and then just use. I use that all the time, the three inch ladder. Yeah. That's my go to, honestly. If like, okay, I'm struggling, whether it's hybrid bass. Or white bass. It'll catch anything. Yep. Anything. Out drums, though. Drums freaking love that
2: shit. And every time <laughs> they bite, you're like, oh,
3: walleye. Big one. <laughs> nah.
1: And then it's a the drum. Yeah. I appreciate the barn door drum, though. Have you guys ever gotten a big dog, like 10 to 20 pound drum?
2: I don't think I've broken 10.
1: They'll well, roast a reel, close. man. Yeah. And they thump it. It's just mm-hmm. like, thud. And you set the hook, and you think it's a big walleye. And then all of a sudden, 20 yards of line comes off the reel, and you're like, this isn't a walleye. <laughs> yeah. and yeah, in certain parts of of even our state, it's
2: not uncommon to get ten to twenty pounds mm. barn doors.
3: Mm.
2: That's huge. There's, the state the state record's like forty six pounds, something like that, yeah. <sighs> out of bogie or
1: Spirit or somewhere in northwest Iowa. Probably like almost as long as his table. Bet it isn't. I bet he's probably giant head. I bet it was probably thirty six <laughs> inches. And then the girth was like 42 inches. <laughs> wow, It's a barn door, man. Yeah, There's something else. They remind me of a uh, saltwater, like, black drum. Hmm. You ever heard of them?
2: Yeah, they look exactly the same. Like they got, like, the bars,
1: right? I, uh, I'll admit, I call flatheads big uglies because they called black drum and the salt big uglies. Mm. And I'm like, flatheads are freshwater big uglies, so I started calling them big uglies. <laughs> Do you eat drum? Freshwater drum?
2: Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. You like it? Yeah. You you get hit or miss, though. Like, mm. four or five. You'll eat four or five of them, and it'll be real good. And then you'll have one that's chewy. Yes.
3: Yeah. yeah that's what happened to me. So I was like, I'm going to take the drum home and, you know, try it out. Yep. And I it was the... But it's and it's it it's rubber. It's
1: chewy in an unappetizing type of way. Yeah. It, Think of it you, this way. To know, me... Jerky is chewy, and it's really good. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, you're
3: wrong, Gord's. <laughs> no, it was... Um, it's good. Well, I haven't... Like you are just saying, it was hit and miss. AKA I missed. a.k.a. Grandy, was shaking his head at me. <laughs> I missed. I, I'm telling you. You don't I, like jerky? Oh, jerky is good. That's no. what I was talking about oh, the whole time. No, the drum. The, I said
1: jerky is chewy and it's oh. good,
2: and you're just shaking your head oh, at me. Oh, shit, my <laughs> man. <laughs> uh, there was this guy I was fishing north of Des Moines, and he was using worms catching drums. I was like... I was kind of surprised. Like, oh, you keep those? I mean, well, I shouldn't say I was surprised, but um, I didn't. I didn't realize he was keeping them. And he was like, "Yeah, I love drum." There's not a lot of people who keep them. Yeah, and then he was saying he's from Florida, and he says they taste basically just the same as the black drum. Yeah. Mm. Wow. I've never eaten a black drum, but I'd I have zero issues seeing
1: how they might taste the same. I've eaten red drum, and oh, those are real good. Mm. Red drum on the half shell. Mm. Cut the flay off, leave the skin on, and then we throw them on the grill. Throw them yeah. skin side down, then flip them over and finish them real quick.
3: You know what I did here and found out? Um, for drums, so to to eliminate all the uh, the chewiness, uh-huh. I found out or something told me. I forgot. I think it was. Don't okay. tell me you let it soak in milk. No, no, no. that's like the remedy for everything with
1: fish. <laughs> you, like, oh, it tastes like shit. Let it soak in milk for a while. <laughs> that'll <laughs> fix it. <laughs>
3: you grind it up. And, okay. and then you marinate it and you make fish patties out of it i could see that yeah they go they go you flay it out you know if you don't want to deal with all the chewiness you grind it yeah you put in like you know like garlic powder black pepper all salt and yeah all the fixings right and old bay don't yeah. forget the old bay <laughs> yeah and then you put in you know like a, what's that the bread crumbs and all that stuff yep. together and you make it into a nice patty it's, it's phenomenal
1: I I, have you ever done that with suckers no that is phenomenal. That They're something. so bony hmm. that you know it's impossible to flay them without a pile of bones in them. So you flay them with the bones in them and then grind them up and make fish patties, and those are freaking good. Hmm. Especially because the best time to get suckers is like um, in the spring when it's nice cold water when everything tastes real good. Yeah, I've never eaten a sucker that came out of you know water over <laughs> seventy degrees probably, but the ones that in the cold water, freaking great!
3: Yeah, I've never eaten a sucker. You know?
1: I've used
2: a lot more for bait than yeah.
1: I have eaten, but yeah. the ones I've eaten have been good.
2: Yeah, I, I, you know what I always thought of, but I haven't tried. I think drum would be good in a chowder because oh, it's a little yeah. bit more firm. Yeah, so it won't crumble, all, you know, all up in your chowder. Uh huh. So I think maybe I should try it. That's your next catch and cook. I, I would say drum has like a seafood texture to it. I yeah. could see that yeah. a little
1: firmer. Yeah. Yeah. You know the one, the wild card that nobody's tried, at least in the upper Midwest? Gar. Oh. Gar is awesome. I actually have a video coming up.
2: Oh, coming up. Yeah,
1: of me catching gar with no hooks. I lassoed him. What? I made a lasso out of single strand wire. So I tied my single strand wire to my swivel. That's tied to my main line. Mm -hmm. And then I threaded the end through my bait then I brought the wire back to itself and tied it to itself with a loop. So when the guard grabbed the bait, the loop cinched down over its beak, and I ripped it in the boat. Was <laughs> this on the video? It's I'm, coming up. Okay, I want to You're, see it. Yeah, yeah. I caught three, so it wasn't a fluke. Whoa! Yeah, and I giggled like a little, you know, a little <laughs> kid the whole time. Like, hey, look what I did! You know, type <laughs> deal.
2: You, you couldn't have came, came up with that rig yourself, did you? No,
1: no. Uh, where where I found out about this back in the day, in the day, I mean, oh, shit, 20, 21, 22 years ago, when I was 10 or 12, mm-hmm. I uh, got this book, um, saved up my little pennies, and bought this book from In Fisherman. It was like 100 tips for fishing or 100 game fish tips. I wish I still had the book. It was, it was a little square, like five by five inches. And it had 102 pages in it, whatever. And there was a handful of tips for pretty much every fish you could fish for in North America. And there was a gar section. And they went through ways of hooking gar. And one of them was use a rope, which I've heard a million times. But the other one that you don't hear about is use a lasso. And you make the lasso out of single strand wire. It's not perfect. It was a giant pain in the ass, but <laughs> I, I my hookup—I mean quotation marks—hookup ratio was significantly higher on that than it was with anything
3: else. Interesting.
1: Yeah. There was one the day before I went out and had I shit you not 150 bites, and I caught one gar on a circle hook. Huh. This next day I had 50 bites and landed three. Not great. But way better. Yeah, way you know, better. Way
2: better. More than twice the hookup ratio. Oh,
1: even more than that? Yeah.
2: Uh, what's the quick math for that? I don't know. No. Th- <laughs> not, you said <laughs> three, to, 3 to
1: fifteen and then 1 to 50, right? I'm not good with numbers. <laughs> it was just better, man. We went way <laughs> off on that. But it's fun talking <laughs> about eating fish. But uh, gar is uh, it's like no other fish in the Midwest. It When you flay it, The texture of the meat feels like any other fish that you would take off the bone. As soon as you cook it, it changes. It goes from like, it tightens up, becomes more chickeny. It's almost like chicken mixed with fish. Hmm. The trick, cut all the red meat off if you leave the red meat on it. Like, you know, most fish you want to cut the red meat off, but I think with gar, it makes an infinitely bigger difference with gar because their red meat, the fat on those fillets... Is so fishy and gross. Oh. <laughs> but the flesh itself is wonderful. And you mm. can treat it like chicken. You can soak it in barbecue and throw it on a grill, or you can chunk it up and fry it in nuggets and, you know, like whatever you want to do. And it's good. You know, you can do anything with it and it's good. Maybe that's your chowder.
2: Oh, it could be your gar- chicken gar chowder. Gar chowder. <laughs> gar chowder. Ch- <Gar-chowder>. <laughs> Drum chowder.
1: Drum <laughs> chowder has a nicer ring to it than, than
2: gar gar-chowder. chowder does. And you gotta avoid the eggs, right? They're poisonous. It's like oh dead.
1: yeah, I forgot about that. When you open one up, which you have to do with like tin snips or a sawzall, because <laughs> I kid you not, you can cut their gills with a knife, and then you run your your tin snips around their gills and start cutting that way. Hmm. But they have four, basically four fillets. They have two back straps along their back, which I take off, and then they have also meat below their rib bones. That you could take off if you wanted to, but it's right next to their eggs, and their eggs are poisonous. They won't, they probably won't kill you. I don't think, but they'll definitely make you sick. You might,
2: you might puke or something. Yeah,
1: I wouldn't find out. I mean, I the rank. whole you want the food to taste good and yeah. treat you good. You don't want it
2: to make you vomit. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta try it. I gotta try it.
1: Yeah, do it. You won't you will you might be disappointed in how much it sucks to clean them but once you get them cleaned <laughs> then, then and there's not that much meat on them if you're gonna you're gonna keep one don't expect to be full from eating it mm.
2: well maybe you would
3: I just eat a lot <laughs>
1: Same.
3: all right that's it you got you gotta do guard chowder and drum
1: chowder
2: like, I gotta buy 10 snips first. Okay. Mm. That's that's the first step. I have an
1: extra pair in the garage. You can just have them if you're going to use them for that. <laughs> okay. Go to a good cause. <laughs> All right, drinking game. Uh oh. Anytime somebody says "bullhead," you have to take a drink, and mm-hmm. I just did. So cheers, on, Cheers, cheers, guys. Yes. We've been talking about wipers. We've been talking about hybrids. They're not everywhere. Like a bajillion people don't know what they are. I know, Granny. You want to take charge? Explain what a wiper slash hybrid slash sun, sunshine bass slash what else are they called?
2: Pa- Palmetto bass. Palmetto bass.
3: What they're just what are they? They're just a crossbreed, right? Of of white bass and striped bass. Yeah, yes. pretty much. That's yep. as simple as that, and it's it's called hybrid striped
2: bass. Yep. That's. Or here here's one. Is the is the father a white bass, or is it the mother a Ooh, white bass?
3: putting you on the spot. Is the father... I, honestly, I have no clue. That's... I have no clue. I'm
2: just asking, because I... I don't know either. You do Because <laughs> I have no I'm clue. I'm going to take a guess. No, I was going to tell you, because oh. I know the answer. Yeah. Oh, you do? I'm going to take a guess. And right. I was going to tell you,
1: no matter what you said, you're either going to be wrong or right. Okay. Because it could go either way.
3: <laughs> oh, shit.
1: Okay, Well, I figured. It depends on the state. Different states do different stuff.
3: Hmm.
1: And I can't remember Kansas, which if anybody, and we'll explain why you're going to want to fish for these fish, because these fish are freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, Kansas, I would argue, sorry, I just burped. You know, we just cheers. <laughs> but um, <laughs> Kansas, I would say, is the number one state for these things. Mm -hmm. Like you can go catch them in a lot of places. We have a wonderful population of them in Iowa. I would say they're the most underappreciated, underutilized, gaining in popularity rapidly Mm -hmm. um, fish in our state. And if there is, our state is not a great walleye state, as it was demonstrated today. (laughs) Um, We did catch two, and by we I mean kit, and we'll get into that more. (laughs) But uh, our our state of Iowa, if you're going to travel here. I would say travel here for our hybrid stripers. I'd say travel here for our channel cats. I'd say travel here for our flatheads. And our flatheads aren't great, but they're okay. There's other states that are significantly better. There's other states that are significantly worse. We are solidly average. (laughs) Every single thing else is below average. Oh, crappies. We have some great crappie Mm. Mm recipes. So those are your four main things. Channel cats, wipers, crappies, flatheads. If you come here for anything else, you'll be sadly disappointed. Yeah. We have some
3: decent gills, blue gills. if that's what you like. Fish I mean, that's... One. I think that's everything. We weren't talking about bait. <laughs> <laughs> but, hey, by the way, did you know, I don't know if you knew this, um, we had the Iowa DNR in our podcast. Most of all the hybrid striped bass in Iowa... Was actually stopped from... Because they, they get the... They trade walleyes. Yes. Yeah. A lot of people didn't know that. I didn't even know that. I know things. Oh. That's
2: I think Missouri, from Missouri and Kansas. Kansas. Yeah. Yep. So,
1: but you're right. If you caught a walleye in Missouri or Kansas, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And thank you for the hybrids. Yes. No, but they're, they're a cross between a white bass and an ocean-run striped bass. Ocean run striped bass can get 70, 80 pounds on the absolute max. You get one over 50, and that's for a lot of people, fish of a lifetime. A white bass, if you catch a three or four pounder, it's like, holy shit, that's a big white bass. Um, You cross them together, you get hybrids. And the hybrids, you get one of them over 10 pounds, that's a bruiser. Uh, Our state record is at 20. Is it over 20?
2: 20, I thought it was just under no, no, just, under 20.
1: My uncle, my uncle has the
3: record.
2: Oh, he does? Yeah. My uncle has the record.
3: He caught it at here, locally. Yeah. And he
1: caught off. I know a, where it came from. I just didn't know he was your uncle. He was my uncle. He caught off a popper. Oh, so he
3: got to watch that thing? He saw top crush water. Crush it on top? He saw it, and he said it was a, it was a legitimate 20, 25-minute fight. Uh, he said... There was literally nobody around. It was in the morning. Was that the only fish he caught? I don't know. He was too excited. It's on his wall. I know that for sure. It'd
1: be on my wall. That's my (laughs) deal. The only way I'm ever going to mount over my shoulder is the only fish I've ever mounted. And it's a 22-inch largemouth I caught when I was 12. And I thought it was the biggest fish in the world. And I made a deal with myself. The only way I'll spend money to get another fish mounted is if it's a state record. Nice. The dumbest part is I would never submit the fish to be a state record. I just let it go. But then I'd get a <laughs> replica made. Yeah. But I couldn't imagine. I mean, how? Big? it was like 20-something or in the 20-pound
3: class to watch a fish like that. Come up and smoke a topwater? Yeah. He, he said he was like, you know, it's a fish of a lifetime. He, he was telling me the, the fight. It's was... the
1: fish of many lifetimes yeah. because there's so many people who are never even going to see one, let alone catch one like
3: that. Dude, he yeah. is um, had. I think he caught it back in, I forgot how long. It it's was. an old record. It's an old record. It's been record. around for a while. Yeah, it's. I don't think it's going to be, well, depending on if catch and release it depends on that well i would argue
1: all right we'll get to that here in a sec i'm gonna (laughs) add that to the list um if
3: we'll ever get up there i don't know it depends man
1: um as far as size though like so your ocean run stripe basket 70 80 white basket three or four you get hybrids something in the 10 to 20 or 20 pounds Twenty five pounds is probably like the max. I think there's some state that has a record over twenty five.
2: I think Colorado has like twenty seven or twenty eight. Yeah, like, just, I was like, "What? Colorado? They're, they're big. Random. They're big. Yeah, over yeah
1: I've heard that. Yeah. If there's any fi- any reason I'm ever gonna go to Colorado, <laughs> it's definitely gonna be
3: the hybrids. You should just go with us because my my in laws are out there. You can go for them. Well, lake trout too. Dude, lake trout's a bit. I want to catch trout. a laker yes. through the ice. Well, he, well, Kit um, went with me thinking that we we're gonna catch Lakers through the eyes because you know they're my, tough. Well, my in-laws are like, oh, it's so easy. Yeah, you're so gonna you're gonna catch it no matter they're what. They're not guides, are they? No, no. They're no. <laughs> <laughs> if
1: they're a guide, they'd be like, oh, well, I wouldn't get your hopes up too much. Yeah, they, uh, yeah. But yeah, yeah. So
2: we got this inside joke. So every time something's easy, we we're like, oh yeah, Lakers, easy. But um, yeah, great joke, Kit.
1: Yeah, I mean. <laughs> so wipers across between them. It gets about that big, yeah. and they're, pound for pound, the hardest fighting fish in the Midwest, and I'll argue that with anybody. Everybody talks, like, not everybody, but I've heard arguments about steelhead. Can't comment on steelhead. Heard arguments about sturgeon. I've caught sturgeon. If a wiper was the same size as that sturgeon, mm-hmm. it wouldn't even be close. <laughs> would not even be close. But... Uh, keeping them though, I mean, okay. So this is keeping them though. <sighs> keeping them though. <laughs> Come on, just say what you're yeah, thinking.
2: Yeah, yeah, you started. You started. it. You're
3: thinking about it too much. Just speak your mind. Okay, so this is my thing. I I understand. Uh, I I love eating fish like anybody else. Yeah. And, and hybrid striped bass. Um, when they get to a specific size, to me, they don't taste as good.
2: What's what's that size?
3: Yeah. The, that specific size. I think anything with yeah, the Hyper striped. bass. No, you I, said specific. You gotta <laughs> be specific. I would yeah. honestly five pounds. Anything above five pounds, I think I think to me the Hyper striped bass doesn't taste as good. Um I mean it's <laughs> every Just spit it out. It's within your you know, legal limits to keep whatever you want to keep, right? But my thoughts are I you mean can I, kill everyone if you want here yes you can it's no limit here Um, but the thing is that's why we were talking earlier will it ever reach that state record yes if we keep keeping the 5 keeping the 9 keeping the 8 pound keeping the 10 pounders you think it's gonna get up there I do and I'll tell you why if there's
1: a fish in Iowa you should eat as many of them as you want it's a hybrid striper the reason is why they grow freaking fast you know and most of them don't live past 10 years you know the walleye that we just butchered tonight mm-hmm. it's probably like six years old and it was like 15 inches long <laughs> you know six year old hybrid striper that could be a 15 pounder yeah, man that'd be a big fish yeah
3: how about when you just eat all the white bass well and then... i think
1: you should butcher as many of them as you want to <laughs> let the walleyes go if you you know if you catch a 25 inch walleye let that go if you catch a 40 pound flathead let that go you catch a 15 pound channel let that go white bass and wipers eat as many as you want because they're going to stock a bajillion more the next year they're going to grow fast
3: true if On... you
1: wanted an exclusive trophy fishery with nobody keeping anything then that'd be one way to do it i, I think white bass would be the way to go if you're gonna keep... i've seen places where wipers are stunted there's a local That's... fishery in my area that i Used to fish a lot, but I kind of got bored with it because every wiper you caught was cookie cutter. They are all like mm. four to six pounds, and those are fun fish. Don't get me wrong; a, a five-pound hybrid will fight. Like, well, they fight like a ten-pound largemouth. Mm-hmm. Or I guess I've never caught a ten-pound largemouth. A three-pound hybrid fights like a seven-pound largemouth. I have caught those to give you perspective on you know, they're bruisers, you know, they're, they're just fast, they're strong, they have endurance, they keep fighting. They're absolutely awesome. But in smaller waterways, they can get stunted. In bigger waterways, it's not as much of an issue, but I don't think keeping them is as much of an issue. I'm an, I, I'm an advocate for conservation where I think conservations do, but the foundation of fishing is to go fishing, to catch something, to eat it. Mm-hmm. And some fish are it's not as big deal, as big of a deal to keep a bunch of them. I'm not saying you should go kill a 15 pound hybrid, because <laughs> <laughs> the, the thing is that 15 pound hybrid could be six years old. True. And that's the one that's going to be 28 pounds. Mm. You know, I'm a fan of selective harvest. You know, keep a bunch of your three to five pounders if you want to keep a pile of them. I I say all this. I let every hybrid over five pounds go. <laughs> You know, I make it sound like I'm out to kill them all. But I let everyone over five pounds go. My point I'm getting at is, if you want to keep
2: one, you shouldn't feel bad about it. No. They grow fast.
3: Did he change your mind, Kit?
2: Uh, Well, me as a single guy like a five pound fish that's way too much fish for you guys need to argue with me quit shaking your head in agreement
3: be like you're full of shit you don't know what you're talking about i don't think you're full of shit i just think that you have a a, a bigger opportunity to catch double digit wiper or hybrid bass and i think you have a better chance to catch a 20 pound wiper if you let the eight pounder go the 10 pounder go the six seven pounder. Instead to keeping those because then you give them a more of an opportunity to get bigger i'm just saying there's less of an impact keeping an eight pound
1: wiper than there is keeping an eight pound channel cat thousand percent yeah you're right oh i'll say hey.
2: this though if you're keeping a 100 uh gallon wait 100 gallon cooler uh, your it's your story yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that, is that how the big those coolers get? Yeah. You can uh, yeah. buy a 250-gallon quart, gallon, or, quart, or, quart, yeah, quart, do, quart, quart, There quart. you go, quarts. <laughs> quarts. No, you're right, 100, 100, 100, quart. All right, so I'll, I'll say this. If you're going to keep 100-quart coolers' worth of white bass and wiper, and you catch a 10-pound fish or a 10-pound wiper at the end, I would want you to let that 10-pound fish go. but To me, the biggest thing is waste. Right. You know, if you keep all these
1: fish, you damn well better eat them. Yeah. If you're not going to eat those fish, then don't keep those fish. That's the biggest thing for me. Um, Even for the fish that I think you should let go, you can legally keep. If me, all three of us here got in the boat and we were flathead fishing, we could keep 15, 50 pound flatheads and be totally within our legal right Mm -hmm. in the state of Iowa. Should should we do that? I say no for, for a conservation reason, but there's no way all that meat is going to get eaten before it gets freezer burnt, goes bad, yeah, whatever. No, yeah. way. no way. No way. Because that... you, if you want to do the math, let's break it down. We'll say 10. You, on a 50-pound flathead you get 30 pounds of meat easy. 300 pounds of meat, that's 450 pounds of meat <laughs> between all of us. That's
3: like buying a quarter beef, you know? But but like Kay was saying, that's the same thing with the hybrid bass. I mean, when you when no, you catch well, it's I not mean not, not 50 pounds, pounds but, of meat. But, but but when you catch, let's just say, like he just said, like a hundred quart cooler, right? Yeah. If they're all ten pounds, let's just say, right? That's the cool. same
1: amount of meats in the cooler, whether it's ten pounders sure. or two pounders, exactly. But the thing is, pretty close.
3: There's no way they're gonna. What are they gonna do? It's going All I see is freezer burn. That's what what runs through my head, unless
1: the. I hate this saying, or not saying, but the story. Somebody catches a pile of fish, kills a pile of fish, and says they're going to put on a neighborhood fish fry. But what's the cost, you know? Mm -hmm. Especially for long-lived fish like walleyes at least in Iowa, you know, some places you go, there's piles of walleyes and you keep a bunch of walleyes and it's not going to affect the overall population as much. And maybe I'm totally off in Iowa. Maybe walleyes are a bad example. Let's talk flatheads. I'm experienced. I know those. Mm. Those are long lived fish that grow, you know, fairly quickly at times. But a 50 pounder could be anywhere from 15 years old to 30 years old, depending on a lot of things. Let's just say it's somewhere in the middle we'll call it twenty if you keep three twenty year old fish for your neighborhood fish fry it's gonna take twenty years to replace a twenty year old fish mm-hmm. pretty sure twenty years ago I wasn't even in freaking junior high school yet man <laughs> like I was watching Power Rangers and shit you know like and then twenty years from now I'm gonna be like getting pretty close to retirement by the time those fish are replaced so when people say think they're doing a service by putting on this giant fish fry it's like at what cost
3: i don't know i i think you doing a podcast like this um and us me and him when we we do our podcast we actually talk about this it actually makes sense because we actually had on our podcast um a uh, who the guest was a couple weeks ago or last week kit and he was just talking like we have a lot of new anglers right now. Mm-hmm. They don't know. They're just excited. They catch something monstrous, and they catch a bunch of them. I th- all
1: right. I'm gonna stop you right now oh. because I'm gonna say majority of the new anglers are much more conservation minded than the old school guys. Mm, I don't know. I think you're
3: wrong. I could be. Th- <laughs>
2: you talked about this before. Quit agreeing
3: with me. You could I, throw I, me an <laughs> argument. I'm not, or I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Agreeing with you, I said you could be right, but to me, I don't think a lot of the new anglers know any different. They go, they catch something really monstrous, and if they catch ten of them, oh, it was awesome. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I'm keeping it, I'm keeping. I'm gonna go home. And have, like you're just saying, we do a fi- fish fry, but they don't know. And and I think these podcasts and just people teaching them and you know giving them why you should probably release that one or shouldn't. Or I think case I think
1: the because I've been fishing for a while and i've been well we all have i guess so it's not just me uh i think to how things were 15 years ago and i think about how things are now and i feel like there's a lot more people letting big fish go than ever have and especially in the catfishing community maybe things are different from your point of view but in the catfish community, I think a lot more people are letting those big fish go, keeping some smaller fish if they want to eat something. And even the people who used to keep the big dogs are letting more big fish go. I'm also seeing a lot fewer. There's a lot of people who used to just run ditty poles and bank lines. And they're starting to ride real fish, which is cool. Nothing wrong with ditty poles and bank lines. I do it or actually I haven't done it in like 3 years. I used to run them a lot. They're a whole bunch of fun. Have you guys mm-hmm. ever done it? No, I've never done we it. Keep, it's pretty keep, fun. No, yeah, we keep saying it but we never done. Yeah, it. like I'll I'll probably run some this summer. I'll let you know. It's a, right. it's it's a whole lot of fun. It's but it gets a bad rap because there are a pile of dudes who do it who keep everything. And there's also a pile of dudes who do it and keep nothing and they just do it for the fun and seeing a big fish, but there's just like a progression of more and more selective harvest for whatever reason. And it's
3: cool to see. Do you think you you see that or you think you see that just because social media is so prevalent?
1: Well, that, that factors in too. Don't get me wrong. I think social media has contributed to some of that. But just from the people I talk to. And perception is a powerful thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like your perception is your reality. And um but from what i can tell it seems to be there's more people letting those
2: big fish go i think more information is out there yeah yeah for sure cuz well like you say social media you know people just open up their facebook they just they just see all this stuff sometimes it can get it can get a little preachy with like releasing oh, fish man. and stuff oh man <laughs> <laughs>
1: I don't do that. You guys ever gotten on a tangent on social media to to
3: to tell somebody yeah off? No, I've,
1: I don't give I've, a. Sh-
2: I've kind of backed off of Facebook, like I, social media in general. I mean, it's I, my life. Yeah, <laughs> my life is it's,
3: social media. I agree with you. It's just going to be everybody's life. But no, I don't. I'm not going to sit here and tell somebody what you should or shouldn't do. I mean, especially if I've been st- telling you this whole podcast what you should shouldn't do. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not. Gonna, I'm not going to tell them though. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, it's their if they're, Unless they do something that was illegal or they shouldn't have done in regards to, you know, the law. Yeah. Other than that, I mean, that's, they're right. They can do whatever the hell. As long as they stay within,
1: you But know, you're just telling people you think they should let the big hybrids go. <laughs> just because I think Sounds that. Sounds like you're telling people what to do. Just
3: because I think you should do something doesn't mean that you should, you know, you have to Sounds do Sounds like what. you're telling people. <laughs> I can could, I could tell people do whatever they want, but they don't oh, have to Oh, now you're what, backtracking. No, 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 no. It's a so different. <laughs> I can tell you. I can... Tell you per, what, that's I your perception. That's your exactly, reality. and your that, real, your perception's wrong. Oh. <laughs> I can tell anybody to do anything. What I think you
1: should do. Have you ever
3: told anyone what to do on social
1: media? No,
3: no. I, I tell people what my thoughts are, or, you know, whatever the case may Sounds
1: be. Sounds like you're telling people what to do <laughs> on social
3: media. But
1: I, no, no, that's In not... In all caps like, with exclamation points no, on the I'm earth. not
2: telling you, but you, uh, I think... But you're you an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know,
3: is what it is, but, you know, it's... I'm not. You can do... Just, you know what, use freaking common sense. Jesus cry sorry
2: i don't think you can use that term because common sense to me is gonna be different from you and that's that's the thing i hate
1: people are like oh common sense isn't so common i'm like your version okay there's how many people are on this planet seven billion there's seven billion versions of common sense out there pull your shit together man like (laughs) quit being so close-minded about that stuff very true and i don't know at all but i just I try to approach things from a perspective where I'm not worried about being right or wrong, but I'm here to learn. And I think, I don't know. I, I just feel like that's a good mindset for me to go about things
3: where... And, oh, um, Bullhead. Oh, oh Bullhead. Cheers. But at the end of the day, have fun. I, You know what? I, I really... Have been, you know what I have a lot of fun with, Granny? What's that? Butchering eight-pound wipers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is the thing. If people don't really have never caught one, I highly recommend you catching even a two-pounder.
1: And I would say if you were to catch an eight-pound hybrid... <sighs> you would think long and hard about killing that fish because they are a spectacle. They are the closest thing you're going to get to saltwater in the Midwest. I agree. Oh, and that'll take us to our other topic, getting used to fishing back home after being in the <laughs> Amazon. Like, I, I made this transition before. I spent a lot of time fishing in saltwater. And growing up, I just fished for channel cats, fished for channel cats, fish for channel cats, and loved it. And then I moved spend a little bit of time catching some five to 15 pound blue cats down in Oklahoma and they don't fight that great. They, (laughs) you know, they, they're big and they're impressive, but they're not going to bust off a hundred yard run. Mm -hmm. And, um, sorry, burp break.
3: (laughs) Make sure you (laughs) keep that one in. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And then I went and spent some, uh, substantial amount of time down on the coast fishing saltwater and catching big reds and, and catching sharks off the beach. and Sharks don't fight that great pound for pound either. Really? Just fun fact. Uh, Hooked some big tarpon, caught a bunch of Spanish mackerel, king mackerel. Those fight awesome. Uh, Ladyfish, people in the salt talk shit on ladyfish. They fight harder than any smallmouth you'll ever catch. And they jump higher, whatever, and they're trash fish down there. Hmm.
2: Are they kind of like a trout, like a sea trout? No, No? they call them poor man's
1: tarpon. They look like a little baby tarpon kind of. And they jump and fight like it. But then I move back to Iowa, move back to the Midwest, and I'm like, what's going to be close? Hybrids. Hybrids are basically a saltwater fish in the Midwest. Flatheads are close. Like, flatheads fight like a redfish. Flatheads fight a lot like a redfish. Not super fast, but have some power and short bursts. They can bust off some decent runs. Redfish throw you some head shakes. Flatheads have more substantial head shakes. Um, there, are, I would anybody. If there's anybody listening to this who who fishes for redfish, you can send me an email and like tell me I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Flatheads are substantially more challenging to catch than a redfish. So that part is kind of, you know, it's a catfishing version of a musky. I think that's sweet.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So am I? How how all I transition from coming back from the Amazon? You don't catch fish that fight like crazy every other cast like you do in the Amazon. Literally, you can catch hard fighting fish. If you wanted to fish for peacocks down there yeah. all day, you could catch a hundred. Yeah, <clears throat> there were some guys in camp who just spent a day of it and they caught eighty. Jeez, and I don't even think they. I think they took a nap. Like, they had a a nice long lunch. We're tired. They were pounding beers in the boat. They weren't fishing hard. They caught 80. You know, no big deal. If you got after it, 100 would be no big deal. Jeez. And they fight like crazy. Yeah. They kind of, they, I I wouldn't say they fight like a hybrid. I don't know. I think they're very comparable to a hybrid in power. Mm. I think a hybrid's faster. I really do. Uh, well, they got that big ass head slowing them down, right? I don't know if that's slowing them down. <laughs> I think the fact they jump, I think that's what slows them down. Um, those arapaima, they get like four hundred pounds, five hundred pounds. Yeah, that one you had was
2: like two,
1: maybe. Yeah, but Jeez. if I would have had a net big enough for him, he would have been very green. But I would have had him in the boat in two minutes.
3: Mm.
1: Yeah, you 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 chilled. For a while, yeah, yeah, just just waiting to get to the bank. I would have had them in the boat in two minutes. If I would have hooked a catfish that size, I'd been fighting them for twenty. <laughs> yeah. You know, like yeah. But what the arapaima do? It's not that they don't have the power. It's that they expand all their energy jumping and stuff. Mm. You know, and it's the same deal with the peacocks. I think they would be have a much more impressive fight if they didn't jump so much. But if the jumping is part of the appeal, you know, it's like yeah. fun to watch a fish mm. jump out of the water. And there was a pile of other fish that did that too, like those Bakuda. Mm. They I I hooked one that jumped like seven times. Jeez. And not just kinda came out of the water, came two feet out of the water seven times.
2: It hey, what was that drum called? What what was the word yeah, for
1: corvina. it? Corvina. Corvina. Yeah. Okay. That I ain't think too hard to say. Or
2: they called it a pescada. is piscata. another name for it. Mm.
1: That thing fought like crazy. <laughs> And he wasn't even that big. That thing fought harder than hybrid does. No way. Yes. Damn. And they jumped. Hmm. It hit a six-inch deep dive and crankbait that I was reeling in as fast as I could. I was using a reel with a 7-3-1 gear ratio, burning it in as quick as I can. And it just crushed it. <laughs> no, there's something else. If, if our drum fought like those things, there would be a lot of dudes fishing for him, myself included.
2: Man, this guy's been spoiled by fishing. Yeah, he is. Catching sharks. Dude. Oh, man, 200-pound fish. What's stopping
1: oh. you? You're single. <clears throat> uh, <coughs> money. Go <laughs> go work at Red Lobster. Save your money for a year, and then transfer to the Red Lobster in Brownsville, Texas. Find a room to rent for 300 bucks a month, and you can do the same thing I did. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Because that's what I did. Worked at Red Lobster, saved as much money as I could. Then they had a transfer program where you could move from one to the other. You do have the opportunity now. I would highly recommend it. Everybody has way more opportunity than they care to admit. They just don't take it... Like they just don't do it, and it might be for good reason too. You know, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. you could yank all your kids' money out of college savings and go on crazy trips.
2: (laughs) Probably not the
1: the greatest idea. Well, depends on your version of great.
3: True. You know, you'll have a blast. Yeah. (laughs) I don't think my kids will have a blast. They won't know any better. That. I like that idea. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not saying you should. (laughs) I'm just
1: saying you could. (laughs) You no, know, it's all like I say, if you have time to watch TV every day, you have time to fish every day, mm-hmm. you know, and fishing doesn't have to be chasing these big, like big, crazy fish Fishing's just spending time on the water and transitioning back to the fresh water. I have no problem because it's not the fight of the fish. I enjoy a hard fighting fish. That's why I like hybrids. Mm-hmm. That's why I like flatheads and all that other stuff. Um, uh, it's the process of how you go about catching them is where I find the most enjoyment. Like if I'm in, I'm not a big bluegill guy. I'm not going to go chase bluegills. And it's because (laughs) I don't enjoy the act of catching bluegills. Like I enjoy the act of catching any catfish out there, just the style of fishing. And it's less to do with the size. It's less to do with the fight. It's more to do with how you go about catching them. Walleyes Sure, June, I don't fish for walleyes that much because the flatheads are biting real good. But even if they weren't, I'd still flathead fish because trolling crankbaits on the river for walleyes doesn't sound that exciting. Now, November right now, where it's a challenge and you're throwing swimbaits, jigs and plastics, whatever, and methodically working them towards the boat. And then you feel that tink on your line when you get a bite. I freaking love that. Yeah, especially white ones. <laughs> white jigs. <laughs> I, it took me a minute to realize what we were talking about. Uh, I'm like, white what? Where are we going with this? No, but um, it's just, you know, the, the type of fishing is what draws me. So the fact that I'm not catching these giant, strong, toothy, mean, hard-fighting fish isn't as important as me being able to go about fishing the way that I enjoy
3: the most. It's the is it the learning aspect that you enjoy the most that you're learning how to catch that specific species i don't
1: I don't think so. I enjoy the learning aspect of it like I'm gonna log our trip tonight. There's a lot of good information that can be gleaned from that trip that I can apply in the future but um so I think that's just a piece of what I enjoy hmm. I don't know you you could say it's a lifestyle type deal too. My life is fishing. My life's been fishing since I was eight
2: years old. Right. I guess you can't complain that you're going fishing, whether that's in the Amazon or here back in Iowa. I'd bitch if you were like, we're going fishing for largemouth. (laughs) (laughs) Says the guy with the largemouth on on his wall. I'm looking at it right (laughs) now. (laughs) That's the best part of it. I caught it on a
1: live bluegill under a bobber. Mm. Or maybe it was a worm. It was probably a worm. It might have been a worm. I was 12. I've caught some good bass on a bluegill
2: under a bobber. I think if I had one favorite way to fish for largemouth, it'd be a bluegill under a bobber. Yeah, catfishing. You're catfishing for largemouth. Exactly.
1: (laughs) My biggest largemouth isn't even the one that's mounted. I caught a bigger one on half a bluegill, like a bluegill head under a bobber when I was (laughs) catfishing. Caught a 24-inch largemouth on it. Thought it was a catfish. Set the hook, fighting it, fighting it, and then it jumped as much as a 24-inch largemouth can. He came, you know, like halfway out of the water. (laughs) Like, that's a funny-looking catfish.
3: You think that's why they don't fight as good either, largemouths? No, they're just pansies. Well, (laughs) It's like the people who fish for them.
1: I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding.
3: I can't wait to see the, the hate.
1: The only reason I can say all these things is because there's so many people who love largemouth.
3: That's
1: true. So many. There's. It's not as big of a deal in Iowa as it is when you go down south. But being at ICAST, the one year I was at ICAST, I truly came to realize how big bass fishing is.
2: It's so, weird, because down south, there's like so much more other cool fish, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. And yeah. bigger fish. Yeah.
1: So. No, it's it's tradition thing down there. Hmm. If you're a bass fisherman, take a joke. It's just a <laughs> joke. And if you want to talk trash, like I said, shoot me an email. I love it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Nothing personal. And you're not going to hurt my feelings. So, good luck trying.
3: <laughs> I think Kit's the best accidental... You're bass yeah. fisherman, aren't you? I guess. I mean... I'm going to put out a video of me
1: catching about five largemouth. Do, Do it. No, it's coming. Oh, all right. It's coming. This is so awesome. I got to fish the sickest pond I've ever been to in my life. Mm. It had hand-sized bluegills, like 10-inch bluegills. Um, the bass weren't huge, but they put uh, this formulas of something. I was told electrolytes. In the water? <laughs> in the water. In the water. It made me think of idiog- idiocracy. You know, like, oh, it has electrolytes. It's what <laughs> plants crave. You know, it's what largemouth crave. But every fish I hooked in there fought like crazy. Huh. So I had those. It has uh, tiger muskies in it. It has crappies, but they're recently stocked. So they're only like eight inches in one year. Wow. <laughs> They'll be 15 next year, probably. Uh, It has wipers. I caught a wiper in this pond. Hmm. Hooked another one and lost it.
2: Does it have blue cats too?
1: No, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) You know, (laughs) has um has brown trout in it.
2: What the? How do all these fish coexist? Where? (laughs) Where? It's
1: in Iowa. The the it's it's a dude. I can't remember his name. I should should give him some publicity. He's a pond management guy. Like that's his thing. Oh really? And I got to go fish his pond. I was so spoiled for a day. It was cool. (laughs) I'm not a big pond guy, but you go to a place like that and you just never know what you're going to catch in this oddball place, you know? Mm -hmm. So that was sweet. Mm. That'd be fun. It was fun. All right. Big switch up. Uh, You guys live in the big city. uh You guys came and fished in the
2: country. Big Des Moines. (laughs) What's the difference? uh we didn't see any people we did we were the only ones on the river i mean granted it's what beginning of november but it wasn't that cold it was beautiful it was a
1: really nice day 50 stayed warm with the clouds
2: and everything yeah
3: Yeah. there wasn't any there's no pressure at least where
2: we were today yeah well beautiful for like some fishing geeks yeah but, I guess there's fishing geeks down in Des Moines, too. Though. Right. That's what I'm saying. So the yeah. biggest thing is pressure, like the and amount of people on the water. Trash, man. Because when, I
1: mean, at least down where I I live. You are in the trash capital of <laughs> Iowa yeah. where you're at. And, inside.
3: Yeah. Inside. <laughs> inside. But yeah. And I, it's nice to only see a couple bottles of beer and a couple bags of stuff. But it, actually barely anything, if at
2: that and that, that was the biggest thing that I've noticed. Mm-hmm. Well, and then we were in a boat, so that's something I'm, it's, I wouldn't say foreign to me, but I'm not too familiar with it. Yeah. Um, I, but you could put a boat anywhere though. You can. So that's not really. I put it down there, <laughs> you know, I, I've used it up here.
1: Yeah.
3: It's more relaxing to me. Yeah. It was. It's just, there was, some, the only noise that we heard was just the water hitting the boat. Yeah,
2: and some cows. Yeah, we did hear some cows. Yeah. Yes, that was cool. And my drag zipping like two Here times. There There was no drag zipping you know, on any I, of your fish. I loosened it like.
1: Zzzz. You must have turned it completely <laughs> off to hear any drag on the fish you were catching, <laughs> right? Kit did get an eater, you he know, did. a fifteen-incher, and then caught one that was closer to fifteen centimeters. Yeah, 15 <laughs> inches. But he caught i give him that. You did learn how to back a boat. Yeah. Oh, I
2: am. I'm, I taught you. I taught you the whole time. Instructed <laughs> you through it. <a, laughs> I only back, backed up and went forward maybe eight times.
1: I, yeah. I I said when we got close to the ramp, I'm like, does anybody know how to back a, a trailer down the ramp? And I got the the deadest stairs <laughs> ever. Yeah, Crickets. Like, uh, Crickets.
2: I've never done it, but I'll try it. And then, uh, so now I'm no longer a... Boat trailer virgin. Nope. <laughs> Zero instruction. I'm like, all right, get them, champ. Yeah, so yeah. and it was get... dark. I was dark. know, so I got to give myself props, dude.
1: That's the hardest. There's no lights. You're you're backing up just by the lights, the backup lights on the vehicle, and it's tough. And it's I tough just hear you me. like,
2: you got you got room to the right. You got room to the right. Yeah. After you backed
1: it off the left
2: side. Yeah. And you then get... and then I'm like, moving the steering wheel. Like, all right. <laughs> It's not going this way, so I keep right. turning it when I don't need to turn it. You know what you did smart, though? You did it slow. You took
1: your time. He did. Yeah. So much time that I had enough time to drink a beer and fillet <laughs> a walleye. Yeah. I, just, I was just <laughs> going to say that. Time
2: management. Yeah. I was just glad I didn't hit and hit nothing. No, you did.
1: You did fine. You can, next time we go fishing in the boat, you get to do it again. <laughs> so right. you're going to get to practice again.
3: Let's, let's see if you can do it in under half the fillet. Half the flay, because he flayed the full walleye. I could
1: I could have flayed three walleye if we would have put the beer down. Probably
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, you did all right, man. You did pretty good for the first time. That was good. That was good. good. That's how you get better. I practice it. for my own boat. There you go, man.
1: It's like the best worst day of your life when you get a
3: boat. I'm on <laughs> boat number four. Oh, uh-huh. jeez. That's the only I thing we're worth. I, I I think you're. I'm. I don't know jack about engines. So that that's my only thing that I'm concerned about. Get one so new you can't work on it.
1: <laughs> that's a, but so expensive. <laughs> everything about having a boat's expensive. You buy it, buy it when you buy it, and budget for a boat. Budget like so many thousands of dollars extra. If you're thinking like, oh man, I saved saved up six thousand dollars, I'm gonna go buy a six thousand dollar boat. Don't get a three. And then plan on saving that three thousand extra for all of the other crap that goes along
3: with it. that actually makes sense. I don't make very much sense, but I feel confident on that no that's that's a good advice, I think. Oh,
2: I, Cause think. Th- I was thinking no you're you're right. I sh- definitely plan. Does that scale differently for, like, the nicer boat that you buy? Or newer, I should say. Not necessarily nicer. I mean, if
1: it's got a warranty, there's some things you don't have to cover. (laughs) That's true. But it seems like if you have a warranty issue, they fight you tooth and nail most Mm -hmm. of the time. That's just my personal experiences.
2: Yeah. I'm just hoping I could afford a decent enough boat where um, I could keep maintenance stuff down. Yeah.
1: Cost-wise. The two biggest things. Trailer. You know, trailer is the most under-talked-about, biggest deal on any boat. Make sure it's got a good trailer. Keep an eye on the bearings. Um, If you're driving down the highway, you pull over to get gas. When you get out, go back and touch the bearings. Or the, not the, I mean, it would be the bearings, but uh, what's the word for it? The hubcaps. Mm. But they're not hubcaps. The axle, you know. Where they go in the wheels, mm-hmm. whatever. So just <laughs> <coughs> touch that part, and it should it'll it'll be warm, but it shouldn't be too hot to touch. If it's too hot to touch, you need to take the cover off the bearings and uh, check to see yeah. what's going on in there. There's probably not enough grease, and they're getting hot. And if they got hot, your bearings might be going out too. That's another.
2: Cool. Ooh, that was a, good yeah, that was a good one. That was
1: a long one. I've been holding that one in for a minute. <laughs> no, but uh Yeah, I mean there's a handful of things. Your bearings could be going out, or maybe there's just not enough grease because uh um, water penetration. But if you get to that point where they're getting hot, then your I guess your bearings probably are going out. So keep an eye on that with the trailer. And then uh there's a handful of things on the motor that you need to keep an eye out for. And I talk about it more, but I don't want to bore people on this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> but, but there's there's really not that much to it overall for things to pay attention to. It just seems like a lot because you're unfamiliar with it. Mm-hmm. My my best analogy comparison with, to that was I was making pouring soft plastics with a dude who is a very, I mean, he's done it a lot. He's trying to explain all these things to me. And to me, they, it seemed like mo- moderately overwhelming. But once it was done, I kind of broke it down to like four steps. Hmm. But in the moment, four steps seemed like a lot. But once, once I'd done it a few times and then you kind of break it down and analyze it, it's like, okay, it's just four steps. <laughs> <laughs>
3: just get a boat kit.
2: I want to. Don't get me wrong. I mean, there's. I'm just waiting.
3: But you're keeping your kayak
2: though, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm keeping the kayak.
3: This is literally the worst time to buy a used boat.
2: Yeah, that's why I'm waiting. Yeah.
3: When would be the
1: best time? Well, generally the fall is the best time.
2: So we're a little bit past.
1: No, no. But because of COVID. Yeah. Oh, Everyone wants the, a boat. I got you. I got you. Well, everybody wanted a boat. And now, every because the, the demand supply and demand is so off. Mm-hmm. Like the supply of used boats, the supply of new boats is low, the demand, whether it's high or even normal, is going to exceed the supply and the price is gonna go up. And I think that's what we're seeing right now. You know, next fall, next fall will probably be well, I mean we'll see what happens with COVID <laughs> nice. and manufacturing and stuff, but in theory next fall should be a really good time to buy a used boat. See. I think it'll be a handful of years before it's time to buy
3: a new boat. Mm. Same thing with used cars. You can't, you can't find a used truck. You were thinking about it for a, or not even use.
2: Yeah, and then I was s- like, decided I was like, you know what? I'll keep my boat and get a or, or my truck, kayak and truck. Keep my know. truck and get a boat instead. There you go. And um I gotta. How do you segue into a potty break? <laughs> just like that. Just, I gotta go pee. Just go pee. <laughs> <laughs> Too funny.
3: Yeah, I should have probably bought my boat last year, like you last year were you ready to buy one last year um I was about to Kit's back but I was back oh. okay. but I was a little refreshed. i I was hesitant because
1: hesitant I, to buy a boat
3: yeah because uh, number one I wasn't sure what I was gonna jump into like I, I, I had to YouTube a little bit more of understanding engines and boats how how you do, you know running it just anything like I was asking you today how do you winterize the boat? Four steps. Drain the
1: lower unit oil, put new lower unit oil in it, run all the gas out, fog it. That's a two-stroke. I think you're overthinking it. I think so, too. Yeah. It's just the familiarity thing. I I agree. So just Mm -hmm. do it. Yeah. Yeah. And you'll figure it out as you go. Yeah. And if you screw something up and you got to spend a little
2: money, I mean, it happens. Easier said than done, guys. I have a boss too. I have to... (laughs) Stop backing up into trailer overhangs, or parking overhangs. Yeah, bring a boat stuff.
1: There is some value to limiting (laughs) expenses elsewhere
3: to help you fund (laughs) a boat. Very true. Like going to Las Vegas. Bad idea. Yeah. It's hard on the pocketbook. Very true. All right, Kit's back.
1: You guys are big ice fishermen. This is going to be our last topic. All right. It's going to be right up your alley. What's the best part of ice fishing? It's coming up um fishing the actual fishing part to me the best part of ice fishing is thinking about the approach of ice fishing Mm -hmm. yeah and getting excited about it and then you do it for a while and you're like (laughs) this sucks (laughs) it it, (laughs) It doesn't suck but it's it's a grind after a while
2: yeah after a while it's a it's a means to an end because if you aren't ice fishing then you're you're not fishing exactly yeah
3: I, i think um the best part of ice fishing to me, well, I mean, obviously, I highly recommend if you don't get a flasher or Dude, fish finder or something. Dude, electronics make it <laughs> so yes. much Thank you. better. It's, it's, if, if, if you're going to ice fish without that stuff, good luck. Hopefully, you have fun. And people do it. And they Some do Some
2: people it. swear, like, they swear themselves off of electronics. Maybe it's just to challenge who, themselves. Who do you know? Yeah. Uh, old people. Old uh, people. <laughs> <laughs> like well i've never used electronics i'm never gonna buy one you
1: can catch fish without them i grew up without electronics but i'll tell you what i did not like ice fishing at all until i got a heated hut and a flasher and once i got a heated hut and i was comfortable and had a flasher and was interested it suddenly got
3: real fun yeah I, I, I love video games, and to me, it just reminds me of video games. See, I don't like video games, oh, you don't? but I like using a flasher, man. It's so fun. So if people love video games, if you do, if you never ice fish, it's like video games. It really is. It really yeah. is. And, and and to me, because you can see your lure, you can see the fish, because you can't see that when you're open water fishing. No.
2: Yeah, you get mm-hmm. that visual feedback.
3: Yeah. There is a point in the spring when
1: everything thaws. And you're used to ice fishing. You're like, I want. I don't know if there's
3: anything down there. <laughs> yeah. It, and I think that's, to me, that's the most exciting thing um, about ice fishing is that when I'm using the electronics, I can see how the fish is reacting to the lure. Or that is what, cool. The presentation yep. or, or whatever the case may be or nothing. If there's nothing, then why the hell am I right here? Because right. when I'm bank fishing... I don't know if there's no fish there. I'm casting a hundred times. It could be zero fish. I I do. I put them all in front of, I put kit in front of them
1: all. (laughs) Catch them all. Very true. And
2: and I think the idea of just standing out on the middle of a lake, pulling fish out of a six, seven, eight inch hole Mm -hmm. is pretty dang cool. Agreed. Yeah. I use an eight inch. Yeah, I got an eight inch too. Actually, I upgraded Jeez. last year. It's better for those fifteen pound catfish. Exactly. Yeah. It must yeah. Be nice. And those, right. you know. Hey, you guys fire. are
1: gonna go scout for me, and then when I come back to Iowa, uh, they're so. gonna be you're gonna have them all pinned down. I'm like, like, hey,
2: I'm still not catching any kitties. <laughs> so, got anywhere else to fish? Maybe I'll figure out the wipers again. We got to do that. We okay? I think. Hold on. I want to
1: elaborate on me saying ice fishing is a grind. Okay. And I'm the only reason ice fishing is a grind is because it's so equipment intensive, Mm. you know, with open water fishing, especially bank fishing, you grab your backpack, grab two rods and go simple, straightforward. No big deal. Ice fishing. I, I personally, I mean, you could take a five gallon bucket and just go, but what I do is I have a sled on my sled. I have a hut. Um, I have a heater a propane tank, I have a rod locker, I have fishing gear, I have a chair. Um, I'm sure I have other stuff I'm not thinking about. All of your because, camera stuff? Yeah, but I have that in open yeah. water too. And if- I'm thinking about just ice fishing stuff. But then once you get there, you have to unpack it all. You have to set up the shelter when it's like 15, 20 degrees and then get the heater rolling. And you're doing that all in the cold. Then you're drilling holes clearing snow and if you're real smart about it you're mobile so you don't just stay in one spot the whole time and you do that for six weeks and it kind of becomes a little bit of a grind and that's my only trash talking on ice fishing the act of it like reading the the flasher and then catching fish through a little hole in the water and the fact that you are literally standing on top of water fishing directly below you is pretty cool yeah and then you if when you're doing it in the comfort of a heated hut that you're like so hot you have to take your jacket off that's pretty sweet yeah. you know yeah. so there's a lot of cool parts about it it's just the setup tear down and moving things that's a pain if you're like why don't you just get a four-wheeler all of a sudden, that's a whole new level of pain in the ass too. On There's top just of more that, more
2: equipment right there. More yep.
1: equipment, more expense. You gotta have a trailer to haul it all in. Mm-hmm. Blah 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 blah. On
2: on and on and on. Anyway, what you guys were gonna say? Some people swear by ice fishing. That is their preferred time of year to ice fish. My, like my buddy Matt, he loves it. He's like, man. Really? I was like, I was surprised because, well, uh, I mean, our ice fishing seasons. Well, two, two months. months. Yeah. I'd, I'd say best, two months. It's a solid two months, and then you get a little bit on either
1: end yeah. sometimes. Yeah. 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 He's always talking about looking forward to it. And you then... can bank the end of December, beginning of January, you're going to have central Iowa ice, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then it's going to be deteriorated sometime in February.
2: End of February. Yeah. If yeah. we're lucky, early March. Or unlucky. Or unlucky. <laughs> yeah. yeah, depending... You Depending guys, on your perspective. Have you guys
1: had success late ice? Ye,
2: uh, recently
3: or ever? Whatever. Um, yes to before, like maybe three or four years ago. Yeah, I know up north, a lake up north, um, slayed
2: it. Yeah. Slayed it. Yeah, where the ice is like bubbling and there's yeah. holes opening up on the edges that you walked on. Slayed it. But last two years, no, not late ice. I haven't. Uh, yeah, not so much for me. But then my last ice fishing season wasn't, wasn't that great anyway. No. So My early ice last year was so much yeah, fun, catching really. cats. And
1: then the cats went to bed. I was I, a little
2: jelly. Yes, very jelly. Because I remember you said it was like kind of your mission for that ice season to get on the cats. Yeah. And yeah. you did it, yeah. So that's pretty cool. Yeah,
1: a lot of thought, research when I should have been <laughs> lesson planning <laughs> <laughs>
3: But I found them. It was yeah. pretty awesome. No, I'm, um, I'm excited. I think the ice season is just a, it's a different way to fish. Like you guys are saying, a top of water. Mm-hmm. It's awesome we're using electronics. Like you said, the only shitty thing is 150 pounds of gear. Yeah, the only bad thing. I'm going to have about 200 pounds of gear because my kids love ice fishing. Yeah. They love it. They like, they prefer that over open water fishing. If I went the
1: same the exact same days you went, it probably wouldn't be as big of a deal. It's, I I do it for four or five weeks mm-hmm. and I'm jacked and excited and hauling all that shit is no big deal. And then after about four or five weeks of fishing three to five days a week, then it grinds on you. And I'm not trying to put together a pity party or anything, you know, it's like, Oh, poor guy just fishes too much. He sucks. Yeah. Um, it's just the reality. You know, you do, you have a re- repetitive activity that you do for a while that requires a lot of labor and it grinds on you. The act of catching the fish doesn't grind on me. Like, Yeah, still enjoy that no matter what hell yeah but you you pull that all that gear around for a week and have nothing but shitty trips for a week and all of a sudden you're like this this isn't as fun anymore
2: (laughs) the bad days are bad with ice fishing yes Yes, very
3: they do stick out more than open water fishing i think
2: very true very true
3: but like i said my kids they they love they they love the hub they love the heater and they love to be indoor they they just can't wait they right now my kids are like when is ice season coming dad yeah I, they they want to go and ice fish they want to be inside the the tent they want to see the electronics they it want it is
1: to it's cool it's cool it is super cool yeah. walking on top of water yes. in comfort and being able to fish directly below you and catch fish is cool
3: i think that's yep
1: and it's cooler when it's 10
3: pound catfish or a
2: Big bullhead. Hey. hey. And wiper. Because we, okay, we got to get him on a wiper this year through the ice. I'm, I'm pretty sure he'd want that too. Yeah. Yeah. All right.
1: My biggest wiper through the ice is like six inches.
2: I've got to make it happen
1: this yeah. year. It, it's small enough where I don't even say I've really caught a wiper through
2: the ice. I, I wouldn't even count it either. Yeah. <laughs> I want to camp more on the ice this season. Rip. If Dude. I'm around i'm gonna do at least one camp out on the ice yeah
1: my only thing holding me back is the night fishing through the ice and i wasn't great
2: yeah i was here like oh night fishing through the ice awesome catch whatever crappies catfish throughout the night and every time i spent either overnight or late on to onto the ice i don't catch i don't catch shit once the sun goes down that's usually it i have a game plan
1: we'll talk about it when the podcast is over but (laughs) <laughs> it's all right. crappies. If you want to catch crappies all night. Okay. 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 Hey, then, it's catching fish. And fry them up and eat them. Yeah. And, and drink delicious beers <laughs> that are ice cold on the ice.
3: I have a plan. All right. I'll provide the beer if this is the case. Okay. All okay. Right. No.
1: All right. So that's the, the best and worst parts of ice fishing. <laughs> Last cast. Last chance to talk about whatever you want to talk about. If you want to... Go back to something that and you want to correct or elaborate on or whatever. I'm going to elaborate and correct myself on talking trash on bass fishes. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll let you guys go
3: first.
2: Go ahead, Gordon.
3: Nah, man. Just, uh, last cast, huh? Um, fall bite. I'm just excited. Hopefully I can catch some more walleyes. Um, didn't catch shit today. Hopefully, I can catch more walleyes in the next couple weeks
1: here. Good thing is you only have to catch one to catch more. I hope so. That one
2: could be, you know, eight inches. Or 28. Or 28. (coughs) That's the
1: fun thing about Iowa is our walleye fishing is not good, but we have 30 inchers around. You know, it's not out of the realm to catch. Like your next bite could be a 30 inch walleye.
3: I hope so. I, I hope so too. Cause I, that, I think um, I was telling, I was telling boss lady. I was like, I'm excited. Hopefully, I catch some walleyes. Then catch another day. But I think that's going to be a goal of mine right before ice season. So I think that's, I don't know if that's my last cast or not. But I'm excited to. Uh, no more heat wave. I'm, I'm, I like cold or cool. I would not say cold. I like coolness. I like. You don't like fall weather. I love
1: fall weather. I don't mind fall weather. I love heat. Oh. I love putting on a tank top and a pair of shorts. <laughs> if we have guns like that, no and, shit. <laughs> well, I'm a ginger, so I have to put on tank tops with caution. Oh, boy. <laughs> and but. go outside. and You know, it's I don't have to prepare to go outside. I, I just go outside. Yeah, get you get just you.
2: throw on, like, minimal clothing go outside. And just go. Yeah. You know,
1: I don't have to. Put on a base layer and then put on a sweatshirt or t-shirt, then a sweatshirt and then boots and then bring an extra pair of shoes because I don't want to drive in boots (laughs) because I'm pretty bougie when it comes to that stuff. And
2: And then if it's snowing, you got to get your car ready. Yep. You got to scrape your
1: windshield because I don't have a garage to put my truck in. Freaking
2: babies, man. Go ahead. Um... I'm gonna go back to the wipers. Uh, another thing that I've been doing lately is catching them on cut bait. Hmm. Just a drifting like cut shad on the bottom. Yeah. Um. That's eat, a fall thing. Yeah. And a spring thing. See, I never really tried it in the springtime, but fall. Well, for me, it's easier to find shad in the fall. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that also helps. You can do it with drum, drum, quillback. All that stuff works in the spring. I need to get myself Chicken a sh- livers. shiner net. Yes, you do. Shiners are the bomb in the spring. Yeah, I know you're a shiner fan. I am. Big time. Yeah. Big time.
3: <laughs> what's a shiner uh, to an, a novice? Or
1: There's a idiot. bunch of different species. They're essentially a river minnow. But what's a shiner net? What's the? Oh, it's just a cast net with smaller mesh. Yeah, smaller oh, mesh. Oh, okay. Because like your know.
2: typical shad net probably has... Uh, three eighths of an inch, yep. oh. three-eighths. Oh, okay. Maybe uh, quarter of an inch, or are we getting down to the shiner? The net? shiner
1: nets are quarter, quarter. inch. <sighs> okay. And that
2: you know? and in
1: an Iowa, the smallest you can go is a quarter inch. The biggest, I don't remember. Is it three, half? Three eighths might be the biggest. It might be a half. All mine are three eighths. So. And there's a certain limit for like the size of net too. Yep, right? five footer. And five foot is the radius. Huh. And that's how cast nets are measured. They could be, I mean, the smallest are three footers that I'm aware of. There might be smaller than that, and the biggest I've seen sixteen footers. Jeez, so thirty-two inch, thirty-two, Jesus. thirty-two foot diameter. That's huge. To see people throw it, it's like a freaking art form. Like you watch somebody throw a discus. Trying, yeah, it's similar in in technique and things. I would I would argue. That throwing a 16 foot cast net is more elaborate from a technical standpoint than throwing a discus.
2: Well, yeah, you got this freaking huge net you're <laughs> carrying. <laughs> but it if up. you see
1: somebody throw discus, what, 200 feet? That's very technical. Mm-hmm. I would still say throwing the 16 foot cast net is more technical. Yeah.
2: How big is your net? Is yours a eight or four?
1: The I have a variety. So I have Iowa nets, and then I have nets that I throw in other states. Uh. Yeah, I got some fours and fives that I throw here. And then I have uh, an eight that I throw in other places. Like, you know, I'll take it down. I think I I can use an eight in Missouri. Um, I've used it in, uh, I'm trying to remember. I don't know. I don't want to incriminate myself on it. <laughs> <laughs> Everywhere I've thrown it, I've thrown it legally. Yeah, I just don't mm. remember the laws. I always check before I leave. There you go. Um, but uh, So I have my eight-footer for when I travel, and then my buddy Sam has a 10, and we'll throw that 10 occasionally, Jeez. depending on where we're at. Mm. We were in Texas. No, was it? O- we were in Oklahoma throwing a
2: 10-footer. So... If you had one uh, live bait slash cut bait for wipers, what is it? Shiners? Would it be shiners? No. Shad. Shad. Shad is the only way to go. If you can find those like four five inch shad. Perfect. Yeah. Those yep. are perfect. Yeah. But cutting up bigger ones is nice too. I've caught them on seven inch live ones before. Yeah? Yeah. Damn. It's it's off, so fun when they take off with that bait. Off the bottom?
1: Or bobber? Off both.
2: Uh, yeah both
1: i've slow trolled them under bobbers and it's been miraculous Hmm. yeah you put out three rods behind the boat put the trolling motor down and just cruise down river with six inch live shad like flipping around behind the boat and then they just get plowed Hmm.
2: i know you've caught some on chubs too right yeah yeah
1: yeah that's uh chubs are a lot creek chubs sneebs whatever you want to call them they're a lot easier to keep alive than than shad are shad you look at them funny and they they die
2: <laughs> yeah you throw them in the bucket of water and you like look one way look back they're dead i built
1: a pretty elaborate at least by my version of elaborate shad tank and um, it works pretty damn good it really does it's a uh, 80 quart cooler and then i have a, a filtration system i built for it it works pretty good
2: yeah because shed what they shed all that scales and slime
1: they shed their scales they vomit and they poop that's Uh. their defense mechanism so if something tries to eat them they shit vomit and (laughs) shed their scales and bolt and nice when you put them in a tank that's what they do so you got to filter out all that stuff and then also take care of the ammonia so you know you have to do some water changes and then filter cleaning but after they've been in there for a little while they do pretty good all right, my last cast, talking about bass fishing. <laughs> and the only reason I talk shit on bass fishing it's because it's number one. You know, there's more bass fishermen than there is any other type of fisherman. and everybody cheers against whoever's number one. Nobody likes Alabama except Alabama fans. you know Like everybody else, everybody but lifelong Alabama fans is cheering against Alabama. You know, there's a bajillion bass fishermen. They all love bass fishing. I wouldn't say everybody else, but me personally likes to to give people like that a hard time. Yeah. So it's nothing more than giving people a hard time. So if you got worked up over me saying what I did, (laughs) you need to relax, man. It's a joke.
2: (laughs) I feel like hardcore bass fishermen aren't one of your listeners. Are they? they could I be. don't know.
1: I bet there's probably a couple who yeah, are probably like, listen feed. to this idiot.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but I I'd feel like they'd have to be somewhat to too.
1: Maybe. And I think there's more and more bass fish dudes who are dabbling. Mm. Maybe not like big time cat fishermen, but like the idea of catching a really big fish. Something that fights back. Yeah, instead of the normal bass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do it. cool. oh, i was waiting for that one <laughs> awesome all right you guys got anything else to weigh in on
2: nothing much man um uh, other What's than going? thanks for you know taking us out today
1: yep gladly You gave me an excuse to run the motor and that's the best thing for it i yeah. told you you guys did me a favor no. No. i learned no. how to
2: back up a trailer today i wouldn't go that far thanks uh, i mean i i did it you've done it <laughs> I did it. And you're then, better than
1: you were this
2: morning. Exactly. And yep. you're one walleye meal closer than you were yesterday. Yep. Thanks, Kevin. One walleye <laughs> meal. Love it.
1: Nah, that was awesome, man. Thanks for having us, dude. Cool. Well, if you guys enjoyed the podcast, good. I appreciate it. If you're on iTunes, please leave a nice review and let me know what you thought of the podcast. Um, if you want to support it, you can... I'm I'm not big on charity, but you can go get yourself a sweet pair of Waterland sunglasses and use promo code RC15, save yourself 15%, get some sweet sunglasses and then help me out. On top of that, got merchandise, River certified merchandise at rivercertified.com. You, you know, I you got t-shirts, tank tops, sweatshirts, got beanies, got hooded sun shirts now. That's a recent addition. Terrible timing, <laughs> considering it's November. <laughs> Uh, But you can check those out. Uh, That's pretty much it. Thanks for taking time to listen. Hope you catch a giant.
0: Now in Waypoint TV's 2023 Series Showdown. Your favorite hunting and fishing shows are going head-to-head. Visit waypointtv.com to vote and be entered to win a giveaway from Element Outdoors. Cast your votes during each round until the champions are crowned. Get in the game and vote in the Series Showdown. Presented by Expedition Enterprises and Vote Trader. Only at waypointtv.com. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.